doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now, the good, the bad, or the ugly, one day soon, Jesus is coming back. And when that happens, the dead will be raised first, and those who are alive and believe in Jesus will be taken up in glory. Now that, that's something to look forward to. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to be taking a look at what lies ahead for those who believe in Jesus. Truly awesome stuff. So let's head into God's Word and see what God has for us today. It's an interesting question, isn't it? What's going to happen to you when your time on this earth is done dusted? That, that will happen in one of two ways. Either Jesus will return, at which point everything on this earth that we take for granted will be over. Or, and perhaps you consider this to be the more likely option, your body is going to give up the ghost when you breathe your last breath and your heart stops beating. And it's that latter option that we're going to talk about right now. We're in the middle of a series of messages that I've called Merchants of Hope. Hope is such an incredibly important thing because without hope, today's not worth living and tomorrow, well, who really cares? So many people, can I say, even people who believe in Jesus are living their lives without hope. And that's just crazy because our lives, whether we believe in Jesus or not, don't end with that beep. There's, there's life after death, either in the presence of Jesus for all eternity, hallelujah, or apart from him in a place of eternal punishment and anguish and regret, that place with Satan and his demons that we call hell. So, where are you going to go after your big long beep? Well, I believe, in fact, I know that that last heartbeat is not the end. It's just the beginning of where you're going to spend the rest of your eternity. And there are two parts to that eternity for anyone who believes in Jesus. The part between when you die and when Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead, and the part after Jesus' return. So let's talk about the first part. If you believe in Jesus, here's what will happen to you. Immediately upon your death, you will go to be in the presence of Jesus, in conscious blessedness, having escaped your punishment because you have put your faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the fact that he paid for your sins on the cross and that he rose again to give you eternal life. Just like the criminal who hung next to Jesus on that fateful day, have a listen to what happened to him. Luke 23, verses 39 to 42. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding Jesus, saying, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Save us. But the other criminal rebuked that guy, saying, Don't you fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And, and we, indeed, we've been condemned justly, for we're getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then that guy said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So exactly when would this man be in paradise with Jesus? Today. The Apostle Paul knew that too, that straight after his death, 
he would be in the presence of Jesus. Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me. I don't know which one I prefer. I'm really hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. What happens to him when he departs this life? He's going to be with Christ. So if you and I die before Jesus returns, and, and if we believe in Jesus, we go to be immediately with him in his presence. Just, just sit there now and just for a minute think about that and look at all your present circumstances, all the pressures, all the worries, all the fears through this lens of truth. See, see that hope, that certain hope is meant to make a huge difference in your life. Paul the Apostle wrote that letter to the Philippians while he was in a Roman dungeon on death row. Have a read of it sometime. It's, it's full of hope, it's full of rejoicing because it's written by a man who sees his present bleak worldly circumstances through the lens of his certain hope in Jesus Christ. And at some point, Jesus will return and we will all, those who believe in Jesus, those who don't, we will all stand before Jesus in judgment. We've already talked about that. And when that happens, those who believe in Jesus, those who have died, will rise again in him. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. Listen, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now we're going to talk about what happens after that next week on the program. I'd love to go there right now because it's awesome. We, we just don't have time. So you and I are going to have to wait till next week. But picture this glorious day. The dead in Christ will rise first when Christ returns. I was in hospital a few months ago visiting a friend who has since died of cancer. Hospitals have always seemed to me to be impersonal, sterile places. He was in a room of three other men who were also dying, and the smell of death was a powerful thing in this sanitised, brightly lit place with, with linoleum floors polished so that, you know, when you walk along, they squeak. There's something stark and confronting about death. It's inevitable. It's not pleasant. And yet, at the other end of that is this triumphant jubilant day when all those who have died in Christ, that friend of mine included, will rise again in him. Hallelujah. That's the hope. That's why you and I and anyone else who believes in Jesus can look at our present day circumstances through the same lens that the Apostle Paul did on death row. That's why Paul wrote, when this perishable body puts on imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Hallelujah. I know there are some people listening today who have lost a loved one and you've missed them terribly. Perhaps your wife or your husband. 
Well, the good news is that if they believed in Jesus, one day you're going to see him again because they're going to be raised in Christ. Or perhaps you're getting pretty close to the end of your life through old age or sickness and you're staring death down the barrel and that's a scary thing for you. Wherever you and I are on our journey through life and towards death, the important thing for us to know, the thing that Jesus wants you to know, not just in your head but in your heart, is this. Death isn't the end. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning for anyone who believes in Jesus of an eternity praising him and worshipping him and celebrating with him. It's the beginning of an eternity without fear or tears or sickness or pain or illness. It's the beginning of an eternity that compared to our fleeting lives on this earth is so awesome, so forever. You just can't compare the two. That's why the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote this to his friends in Rome, chapter 8 of the book of Romans, verse 18. He said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is about to be revealed to us. Friend, the eternity that lies ahead for you is as glorious as it is certain. That's, that's what Jesus wants you to know today. That's the hope, the certain hope, that he wants to fill your heart with today. So you get up tomorrow, it's a day pretty much like any other day, or so you think, but completely unbeknown to you. It's not just any day. It's the day that God decides to send Jesus back to this earth, the thing that Christians call the second coming. Jesus himself described what it would be like, not some guy on television claiming to be Jesus, but a huge cataclysmic event that none of us, not you or me or anyone else, will possibly be able to miss. We looked at it earlier during the week, Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 to 31. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes on the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I'm imagining that's going to be kind of hard to miss, isn't it? You're getting ready to go to work, you're brushing your teeth, you're thinking about what the day holds. If you're anything like me, your mind's already racing through the the to-dos on your to-do list. And then this? Friend, that's what it's going to be like. Your mundane, everyday reality is going to be totally interrupted, totally disturbed, totally come to an end together with the day that all the other 7 billion plus people on planet Earth had planned, it's going to be over. Because Jesus has just returned. The 24-hour news cycle is gone. The newsreaders on TV are going to have nothing left to read. Can you imagine? Are you ready for this? Because it can happen at any moment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters... You do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, 
then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are children of light and children of the day. We're not of the night or of darkness. So here's the question. If you believe in Jesus and you're still alive on the day when Jesus returns, what's it going to be like? And more importantly, what's going to happen to you on that day? See, that's worth knowing, I think. Well, the Bible, as always, has the answers. Here we go. Luke chapter 17, verses 22 to 37. Jesus has the answers. He said to his disciples, look, the days are coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you won't see it. They will say to you, look there, look here. Do not go. Do not set off in pursuit. For as lightning flashes and lights up in the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must endure much suffering and be rejected by his generation, just as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given a marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed all of them. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day that Lot left Sodom, It rained fire and sulfur from heaven and destroyed all of them. It will be like that on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, anyone on the housetop who has belongings in his house must not come down to take them away. And likewise, anyone in the field must not turn back. Do you remember Lot's wife? Those who try to make their life secure will lose it, but those who lose their life will keep it. I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed One will be taken, the other will be left. There will be two women grinding meal. One will be taken, the other will be left. Then they asked him, where, Lord? He said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. It's pretty dramatic. Do you see the picture that Jesus paints? It's a normal, usual business day. Everybody is going about their normal course of business and then, bang, one will be taken up and the other would be left. The Apostle Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 to 53. He says, look, I'll I'll tell you a mystery. We won't all die, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on imperishability immortality. Friend, are you ready for that? In your heart of hearts, are you looking forward to the day when Jesus returns? There are two things that I'm sick of. I'm I'm sick of these doomsday people who keep wanting to predict the day on which Jesus is going to return. I think to myself, what, are are they nuts? Jesus told us, you're not meant to know. Just be ready. But at the other end of the scale, I'm so desperately concerned about people who believe in Jesus and yet they don't seem to believe in the imminent return of Christ. We, we behave as though this life's going to last forever. We behave as though the rest of eternity is a million years away. Friends, it's a lot closer than you think. In the context of eternity, it's just around the corner. It could be this very day, this very hour, that Jesus returns. 
That's the certain hope that you and I have if we believe in Jesus. That's the future that lies ahead. Jesus could come back today, tomorrow, next week. I don't know whether you're enjoying your life so much that you're completely immersed in it or whether you're having such a rotten time that you're drowning in your misery or whether you're somewhere in between. But wherever you are, whatever's going on in your world, if you believe in Jesus, you have a certain hope that Christ is coming back for you soon. And friend, it's that hope, that certain hope, that's meant to make a difference to your life today. Just as I sit here chatting with you, I'm about to head off on a couple of weeks' holidays. I love doing what I do, but it's hard work and I need a break. So with my wife, I'm heading off for 12 days away from emails and and writing and recording radio programs and, and managing our team around the world and all that stuff that I love just to take a break and have a rest. I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to that in these past few weeks, how much I'm looking forward to it now. The sun, the ocean, the rest, the time with my wife is going to be awesome. But here's what I've been thinking about. If Jesus returned the day before I head off on my holiday, would I feel robbed or rewarded? Would I want to say to Jesus, look, Lord, I've got a 12-day holiday plan. Can you you please come back at the end of it? In fact, Lord, as I look at my diary, hmm, busy that day, meeting, speaking engagement, I'm thinking next month would be a much better time for you to come back. Is is that okay with you, Lord? Let's get it into our diaries and it's a date. You see my point? So many of us are so caught up in the things of this world, in our day-to-day reality, that our hearts aren't filled with the hope of Jesus' imminent return. I have to tell you, that is such a terrible tragedy. Listen again to what Paul says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on this earth, because you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Come on, set your gaze, your vision, your hopes, your dreams on the return of Christ, the things that are above, on the certain hope that you have in Jesus. Because I've got to tell you, Jesus is coming back, ready or not. I've said a few times in this series that without hope for the future, our lives cease to have value and meaning and purpose. People who take their own lives do so because they've completely lost hope. But look at the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Have you given your life to Jesus yet? Would you like to? Well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give you the opportunity to do just that. So if you want to step into the hope that you can have through what Jesus did for you on that cross, then why don't you pray this prayer with me in your heart. Pray to God. Lord, as you've shared this amazing picture of what it is that you have for me in the future through Jesus Christ, I just realise I can't put it off any longer. I've been running from you and running, but it hasn't been working And today is the day, Lord, that I've come to my senses. Today I want to say sorry for all the things that I've done wrong and give my life over into your hands. Please forgive me through the price that Jesus paid for me on the cross and give me a new life. Put your Holy Spirit in me and give me the power to live my life for you. Lead me wherever you will. Call me to whatever you would call me to and give me the courage to take up my cross and to follow Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Friend, if you have just prayed that prayer with me, 
then you are forgiven. You have a new life in Jesus Christ. All the old things have passed away. Your slate is wiped clean and everything is new. And you have just stepped into the certain hope of the resurrection after death and a life eternal in the very presence of God. Welcome to the rest of your eternity with Jesus. Let me encourage you to find a Bible-believing church and become a part of a dynamic, vital faith community to worship and to serve God and to grow in your relationship with him. Because none of us can walk this walk with Jesus on our own. Sure, the moment we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, he pours his Holy Spirit into us. But he also means for us to learn and to be encouraged and to be held accountable by other members of his family. I can be a bit of a loner sometimes, and I have to tell you that the people in church every now and then drive me a bit batty. And so the easiest thing in the world for me would be not to belong to a church. But over the last almost 20 years walking with Jesus, what I've learned is that the transformation of my life mostly has happened in community as I've become part of God's family. That's why being part of his church is so incredibly important. Giving your life to Jesus isn't a one-time thing that you do for a few weeks and then forget any more than permanently losing weight is about a three-week crash diet. Giving your life to Jesus is about living the rest of your life for him. Jesus promised that that wouldn't be an easy thing to do. He promised us that the path would be narrow and hard. He promised us that we'd be persecuted. He promised us that taking up our cross and following him would be a tough gig. So here's the thing. If you have just given your life to Jesus, get together with some fellow believers and let them help you on your journey. In fact, if you've just given your life to Jesus, I've actually recorded a series of 10 messages called, So Now What? And probably the best thing that you can do right now is have a listen to them, because they're all about the things that you need to do and to put into place to lay some solid foundations early in your relationship with Jesus. Now, you can get a hold of those messages online in the Jesus section of our website, ChristianityWorks.com. They're called, So Now What? I really encourage you to get along, have a listen, establish a prayer life, get into God's Word, read the Bible every day, become part of a vibrant Bible-believing church because I want to see you in eternity. I want to hear you say to me, Hey, Bernie, remember that day you shared that message on the radio? It changed my life. I'm here now because God used that message in my life. I want the promises of eternity to be for you too. Well, that's about all that we have time for. But before we go, don't forget that you can receive Bernie's e-devotional fresh into your inbox each day. A powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement to help you be all that God made you to be. You can watch the video, listen to the audio, or read the devotional. It's completely up to you. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.org and you'll find the fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. And when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of Bernie's e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? That web address again is ChristianityWorks.org. I'm Jennifer, and you've been listening to Christianity Works with Bernie Dimette.